You're right in D.C. with Gail Trotter. This is Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C., and today I'm very honored to be with His Excellency, Ambassador Altador of Haiti. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. We had a wonderful tour of the embassy, and we got to see how you're able to display this beautiful Haitian art in your embassy. Can you tell me a little bit about the culture of art in Haiti? Sure. Uh, well, we just finished our renovation of the building, and uh, what we wanted to do is display the rich, the richness of Haiti's culture. So Haiti has a very vibrant art scene. So we partnered with a number of uh, art galleries in Haiti. So we're displaying a, a series of exquisite artwork here at the embassy. But now the embassy is open for touring. So we invite the public to come and see them. But more importantly, those uh, pieces are rotating every now and then. So even if you come today, by the time you come possibly next month, there could be a whole new series of uh, art pieces for people to discover. So wow, it's so always you have moving. A Haitian art gallery here as well. Pretty much. We basically turned the embassy into a museum. So I've noticed in looking at the various pieces of art, the things that I think, I'm not an artist, but how I would characterize the art is very vibrant colors. That's right. And it seems like there are a lot of people and animals. And there was a painting in the other room that I really liked that showed a country wedding. Could you describe that well, a little bit? Well, this particular exhibit, there's a, you'll notice there's a lot of animals doing human stuff. So that's a particular theme of some of the artists that are on display in this particular exhibit. So there's a lot going on in terms of what these uh, pieces are portraying. So what we do every now and then, we also bring in the curator so that they, she can explain to the public uh, exactly what they are seeing. So this is a collection of well over 400 pieces. So each one, each piece tells a different story. So uh, we bring the curator in every now and then to explain to the public exactly what these pieces uh, represent. Well, as the ambassador, I'm sure you have to maintain neutrality, but is there a particular piece of art in your current selections that you really particularly love and feel like just totally represents your experience? Well, there's a particular piece that actually is not even on display here at the embassies at the residence that uh, I think has very special meaning uh, to me as a Haitian. So it's actually the Independence Ball. Uh, it's called the King's Ball and depicting kind of a, a, a celebration of Haiti in the aftermath of its independence. So I thought this one was quite telling uh, and uh, we actually, the state of Haiti actually purchased that from the collector because it has such historical significance. So uh, it's at the residence right now. My aim with this interview, in part, is to bring Haitian culture and history to people who may not be very familiar with sure. it. And you had a, an amazing seg segue into the next topic that I'd like to talk to you about. I don't think a lot of people know that Haiti was the first black-led government in the New World or really around the world. Could you tell a little bit about the history? Well, uh, Haiti became independent in 1804, and a, a, a number of former slaves got together and had decided that they would not be chained into slavery anymore. So they fought and actually defeated Napoleon's army. 
And Napoleon was very hard to defeat. Exactly, right? right? He wasn't uh, a pusher. To a point where the the defeat by Napoleon by the uh, of Napoleon by the slaves of Haiti uh, enabled the U.S. to actually purchase a good chunk of land here. So the whole thing about the Louisiana Purchase, Haiti cannot make that happen because they were running out of money. They were they were running out of resources. So Haiti made that happen. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the biggest real estate deal in the world in right. terms of uh, uh, how inexpensive it was for the U.S. to actually purchase. And also keep in mind that Haiti also played a significant role in the aftermath of its independence uh, toward freedom movement around the region. So one of the first measures by the Haitian uh, uh, liberators, they offered to actually purchase the freedom of slaves in other countries around the region. Uh, to a point where any slaves who actually fled uh, and, and landed in Haiti, they were by default free people. And almost there was a war between Haiti and England over this issue because a number of slaves actually fled what is now Jamaica and came to the shores of Haiti. And the masters at the time insisted that Haiti return them. And right. on the principle of freedom, Haiti said, no, we would not allow anybody to return to slavery. So we ended up actually keeping these folks. But uh, at some point, there was a law that enabled anybody who were into slavery, once they came to Haiti, they became Haitian citizens, or by uh, the, the Haitians would actually purchase their freedom if necessary. So I'm sure you know Harriet Tubman the American woman who was in charge of helping a lot of, of American course. slaves go to the North and be free, to embrace freedom. Do you have anybody in, you're, you're talking about the general, the, the country, is there any figure like that? Well, there are a number of figures. Uh, most and foremost, uh, the, the, the father of the revolution, uh, Dessalines, uh, actually enacted that law, uh, enabling people to actually be able to, to to have their freedom purchased if they were not able to make it to Haiti. So uh, Dessalines was a major uh, figure in Haitian history in making certain that not just Haitians, but others around the world who were in, enslaved as well would have the opportunity that the Haitians were actually benefiting from. And we saw a beautiful photograph outside on the wall of the embassy, the outside wall of the embassy, of some of these heroes that That's you're right. talking about. And being a woman, my eye was drawn to some of the women in the photograph. Could you tell us a little bit about the women who were part of the movement to free Haiti from Well, women played a significant role in Haiti's independence. In fact, there was even a, a women army at some point uh, wow. who actually fought underground. And uh, not only that, alongside their husband, alongside brothers and, and fathers, they played a significant role in keeping troops together, in, in doing a number of things that the men on their own would not have been able to do. So women were not just instrumental in terms of Haiti's uh, freedom, they actually were actually at the core of, of what happened in terms of Haiti becoming a free uh, country. So Haiti has a proud history of freedom and um, just a long uh, history of trying to espouse those ideas. That's right. And like Every country around the world, Haiti has problems, of course. difficulties, of course. Um, and 
I'm interested in your background. You have a background in law and in business. And I, I understand that the embassy does events on entrepreneurship. How do you think that entrepreneurship, the, the entrepreneurship ecosystem and uh, the ability to kind of create and innovate is something that can maybe help Haiti solve some of sure. these challenges? Well, one of the major challenges that Haiti is facing today in our view, as far as the government is concerned, is a negative perception, i.e. most people, whenever they think of Haiti, at least in the American mind, Haiti is essentially a charity destination. Uh, Haiti is essentially a place where people go on missionary trip. And we feel that actually creates a level of dependency on the of the country on uh, aid on charity, and we're saying no countries, no people in the world would be able to stand on their own feet if everything they need, it has to be handed to them. So part of what we're trying to do is to creating a, a enabling an environment where business can grow and thrive. So we feel the gift that we keep on giving for Haiti is the ability of uh, entrepreneurs to, to, to have a chance to market their products, to market their services, and hopefully get a return on, on what they're doing so that the country can actually grow and prosper. So in that sense, we're putting a, a very emphasis on entrepreneurship and business. We're trying to make Haiti an investment destination. So the whole uh, aid-driven approach, we, we're scratching that off our books, and we're asking the world community to join us in that sense. So anybody out there listening to your podcast, if they were interested in helping Haiti and they're trying to do a food drive, a clothes drive, or just a fundraiser in the name of Haiti, we're suggesting to them either, one, buy some Haitian products so you can help the, the economy grow. Two, if you're an investor, if you're an entrepreneur, look into the possibility of investing some money on the ground. So what we're saying to people, if you have $100, you are planning on gifting to Haiti, we're saying take $10 out of that 100 and place it somewhere into an investment so an entrepreneur's out there so the business environment in Haiti can begin to prosper and eventually thrive. I think those are two excellent suggestions. So looking at the first one, if someone wanted to purchase Haitian products, I'm sure there's some place on the web that they could go and, and make sure that they were buying something that was actually Haitian and not just marketed as Haitian. Where would you recommend that they go to look for that? Well, first of all, there's a whole series of uh, Haitian products that are gradually making it to U.S. markets. So one, those products that are either being sourced in Haiti or being created by Haitian entrepreneurs are slowly making it to U.S. markets. So we're asking people, hey, you know, you may walk into a Whole Food, you, you're seeing some oil for skin oil, it happens to be made in Haiti, possibly by Haitian entrepreneurs. So in that sense, we, you know, we're looking, asking folks to look for the label Haiti in some of those products. And two, the embassy as well has been quite aggressive in introducing the community of folks to, to kind of the products out there that Haiti is making or that are made by Haitian entrepreneurs. So one of the initiatives we're taking here at the embassy, we actually, once a month, starting this coming Sundays, uh, we may on May the 21st, but every month we're going to do this, we're actually turning the embassy into a marketplace where we're actually going to offer the uh, public the opportunity to discover Haitian products, 
to discover the entrepreneurs, but more importantly, to come and purchase some of these products. Like I said, the gift that we keep on giving for to Haiti is not a charitable uh, donation, uh, as important as they may be in, in particular moment, like in moment of disaster, but Haiti is trying to stand on its own feet. The people of Haiti are trying to actually create opportunities for themselves. That's where we're hoping the American people, those who are listening to you today in your podcast, can actually be useful in engaging with Haiti in a different way. And that gives me an idea. We're sitting in this amazingly gorgeous embassy surrounded by the Chilean embassy on the left, the former Pakistani That's embassy right. on the right. And is there an effort when you have these types of events to pull in some of the people from these other countries' embassies to let them know about Haitian products and maybe they can start selling them in Georgia? <laughs> well, we're not limiting ourselves to anything in that sense. So again, we're trying to shift the Haiti narrative. Uh, the, uh, the conversation around Haiti, when Haiti makes the news, it's usually either a, a, a national disaster hitting the country or it's there's some political issue on the ground. And now we, we're saying most of the time when you're, you're not hearing about Haiti, that means life is going on just like any other community. And that's where we're trying to put the emphasis so that people get a better sense of if whenever they hear Haiti, it's not because something bad is happening, but rather bad news sell. So uh, we're trying to stay away from that. We're addressing many of the issues Haiti face, but at the same time, some of the positive things happening in Haiti, we're saying the world doesn't know it enough. And do you think that that perception of Haiti increased after the earthquake of 2010, that that was so dominant? It magnified. So exactly, it magnified the, the, the scale of the disaster, the, the amount of folks who actually perish in the quake, the amount of uh, houses and, and destruction that people saw on their TV screen, it just magnified the idea that Haiti is really a place where disaster hit hard. But ultimately, we're trying to rebuild, but there's a way of rebuilding. There are plans in place to actually do that happen. So that's why we're asking people to come on board and join this journey. And the other part you mentioned how we can help is to do the investment. So obviously venture capitalists, people who are angel investors, that, that right. level, they're, they're, I'm sure you're talking to them and they're interested in helping. How about people who are not financially savvy? But like you're saying, if they want to give $100, they find someplace they oh, can. Buy some products. Uh, and, and again, there are other ways people can be helping. So what I tell when students come here, Haiti happens to be one of those countries where your average college student probably would not be going for the semester abroad. Right. So uh, it, it's not about investment where you have to put capital on the, uh, on the table as opposed to how you engage with the country of Haiti. So for somebody out there who's a sophomore, who's a junior in college, and is thinking of going somewhere, we would love to actually host them at a, US, a Haitian university in Haiti for a semester. So that's one way of helping. So there are multiple ways we just need to be creative in how we approach Haiti in some ways. So that's why we're asking people, if you're unsure, reach out to the embassy. Reach out to some community, a Haitian community organization here in the States as well. So in that sense, you get a better sense of the full picture of Haiti. So Haiti is a package, just like any communities, like any countries, with its good, with its bad, and everything in between. So there are multiple ways people can engage in that Haiti conversation without making a direct investment into a business in Haiti. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with 
the ambassador and talk more about Haiti. We'd like to recognize Make-A-Wish Foundation. Make-A-Wish America serves a unique and vital role in helping strengthen and empower children battling life-threatening medical conditions. You can learn more about them at wish.org. Welcome back to Right in D.C. with Gail Trotter. This is Gail Trotter. Today we're speaking with His Excellency, the Ambassador of Haiti. And I want to ask you something a little more personal. When you think of your native country, Mm -hmm. what is the one thing that you think if you didn't have, it can be material, it can be an experience, it can be any, anything that you think of, that if you didn't possess that, either mentally or physically, that you would no longer be Haitian? Hmm. There are a few of them. I don't think there's one in particular. You can, but, uh, you can share more than one. Uh, the food to begin with. Uh, what is the food like? Well, we actually, by the way, I'm telling also your listeners that uh, we actually have cooking classes going on at, uh, at the embassy. Oh, and it's great. free of charge. So every class, we bring a different Haitian chef because Haiti, again, just like any other country, has different regions. So different region, different food. Just like in the States, you know, there's Southern food. Right. There's, you know, uh, exactly. <laughs> so uh, that's a way of kind of exposing Haiti to people uh, without people selling food in Haiti. So uh, look us up. Come to the embassy. We'd love to give you an apron and actually get down to business and cook some food with us. So food is one of them. Uh, two, the Haiti landscape is unique in many ways. So, so? so in a sense that some of the beaches I see in Haiti, I, and I used to travel quite a bit for a living, and I never see that anywhere else. So the, the, the water, the sand, and so forth, even within the Caribbean, Haiti is unique in that sense. The so, vibrancy of the color. Exactly. Is that maybe what influences the Some art? of the artwork you're seeing here as well. So in that sense, the, 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 the physical aspect of Haiti, on one side, very mountainous, and at the same time, you know, the beach is on the other side. So it's, it's very unique in the, the landscape of Haiti. So uh, physically, it, there's a proverb that says Haiti is unique. Haiti is truly unique in that way. And I understand that you really enjoy soccer, although you might call it football. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that's a way that you're able to engage with younger people. How, how have you kind of experienced that through your professional career and as a very important official of your country? Well, keep in mind, soccer is a religion in Haiti. Uh, oh. the, at times, the country stopped leaving while they're watching a soccer game. And also, soccer is a way of bringing people together. So uh, even here in D.C., uh, at times, I may be speaking to a, former, uh, a, a, a diplomat here and we may be talking about a serious issue, and then things soften up over a soccer conversation. So that's one of those things. You know, sports in general, just like the cooking I was making reference to, it brings people together. So uh, uh, me being a fan of soccer, uh, I like soccer. I don't think soccer likes me because I try to play. <laughs> I'm not that good at playing. What position is your uh, I used to be a defender. Oh, okay. I used to be a defender. Uh, so uh, it's just a way of me... Uh, Connecting with other people, uh, connecting with youth, but connecting with uh, different folks as well. So, so you can speak to the German ambassador about soccer. 
We are actually, I just saw uh, an ad, uh, there's uh, going to be a soccer tournament among embassies. So we're oh. thinking of actually joining uh, this tournament later this summer. That so, would be great. Yes. We'll keep us posted on that. We'll do, we'll do. And uh, so I want to kind of direct back to, you said there's this effort of the embassy to kind of highlight the Haitian contributions to the United States That's right. and vice versa. And I, how many Haitians live in America or Haitian, people of Haitian descent roughly? Well, uh, there's about 900,000, at least the last census shows, folks who are Haitians who live in the U.S. But keep in mind, some of these folks have kids who were born here. Keep in mind, some oh, of these folks have they don't get grandkids. Exactly. We're talking folks with a Haitian passport or who recently came here to the U.S. So it's a very large community of people and uh, a, a community that's growing, but this is a community that has been around for a long, long time. Again, uh, since the day of your independence war, there have been Haitians here because also uh, Haiti contributed because Haiti even sent its soldiers there to help the wow. U.S. become an independent country. So if you go to a place like Savannah, Georgia, yes. there's actually a, a, a portrait of former Haitian soldiers who actually contributed to the independence, uh, the liberation of this country. So in that sense, the community of Haitians, we've been around for a long, long time. So, so it's not a new thing. It's not a new thing. It's just that it's been going over the years. So over, over time, the community has been going. If you go to places like Florida, if you go to places like New York, you go to, to, to New England, in particular Boston, you're going to find a very large number of Haitians. But lately, there's also been Haitians as far as Utah. Wow. Uh, uh, in fact, in June, I'm supposed to actually meet with the Haitian community in, New in Salt Lake City. So it, we, we're growing as a community. What would you really like to communicate to people who this is the first time they're really hearing something about Haiti other than what's in the news, uh, beyond what we've talked about, about entrepreneurship and the culture? Like, well, you know... Again, a this is a country with a very, very long and rich history. So our contribution to the world has been quite broad. Uh, just yesterday, uh, as part of Haiti Week in Washington, D.C., uh, uh, just that your uh, listeners know, we had a whole week of events happening in D.C. around Haiti. So uh, one of these events yesterday, there was a long conversation about our contribution to 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 African-American history, but also to American history. And along the way, uh, one of the speakers at, the, uh, at this event is a Haitian-American professor at Georgetown University. And there was a long, long conversation about our contribution even to the African continent. Oh. So in the 50s and the 60s, the liberation movement in the, on the African continent, Haiti played a significant role in that. So many Haitian intellectuals left, left Haiti because of the dictatorship happening in Haiti and actually moved to Africa and became the teachers, the professors. They actually, the professionals that actually became the, the cornerstone, uh, the bedrock that many African countries actually build themselves on. So our contribution to the world has been quite significant. I don't think many of your listeners know the, 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 
breath the breath of uh, how the reach of Haiti in terms of making the world as good as it is. So in that sense, when people are thinking Haiti is just synonymous with disasters, I'm asking people to think again. You know, we need to go back and really, you know, uh, look into our history book again because Haiti has been a significant contributor to world history. And would you say those ties between Haiti and the African countries are still strong because of the the bedrock, the vanguard of the Haiti intel- Haitian intellectuals who went to um, kind of undergird those freedom movements? In some ways, uh, but uh, at the same time, there was also a movement toward uh, many of these folks uh, reaching uh, U.S. shores. So many of those Haitian professionals, as African countries became uh, uh, independent, but also he had given rise to a series of dictatorship in, in Africa. So many of those Haitian intellectuals, they didn't want to condone what was happening over there. So they became professionals there. So you would go to uh, hospitals in New York. You would go to hospitals in Connecticut. There would be a number of Haitian physicians. You would go on some university campuses. There would be a number of Haitian uh, 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 professors and professionals in many of those aspects. So over the course, between the 60s, the 70s, and 80s, there was a, 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 an influx of Haitians, professional, leaving Africa, moving toward the U.S. and Europe as well. So very um, able to go different places to pursue opportunities. So this is the final question that I would like to leave you with. I've been asking you about Haitian culture and what your favorite things are about being Haitian. What is your favorite thing about living in America and experience, experiencing America, American culture, not just now, but through your entire life? Well, most and foremost, the diversity. Uh, the, the idea that uh, in many communities, the amount of people from different backgrounds who are actually able to meld together, it, 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 it's something that actually gives me goosebumps sometimes. So the fact that uh, so many different folks, the country... Uh, finds ways to kind of not just keep them, but keep them to live well together. So that's, I think that's one great contribution this country has had on the world. So uh, that's something that I, I, I value quite dearly in terms of, uh, you know, people talk a lot about the opportunities that the, uh, the United States offer to the world, but for that to happen, there has to be an understanding of being able to live together. And the example that the U.S. sets in that it's, in some way, it, in my view, is quite unique. That is a beautiful way to end our time together, and I think you demonstrate it so well in your hospitality and living among all the nations of the world here. Thank you so much, Your Excellency, for speaking with me. This is Gail Trotter with Right in D.C., and I want to thank you for your time. Thank you, Gail, for, for making time to come to the embassy. Thank you, thank, thank you for making time to actually discuss Haiti. So on a parting note, I'd like to ask your, your listeners to reach out to us, come join some of the things happening here at the embassy. But more importantly, we'd love to arrange for them to take a different trip to Haiti. So more than what they've been seeing or reading in the news, we're willing to help them discover a set of Haiti they probably wouldn't, wouldn't, they don't know about. So thank you again. Excellent. Thank you. All right. This is Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C., Music provided by local band Trio Caliente. 
visit their website at triocaliente.com or sample their music on iTunes. We also want to give a special thank you to Hillsdale College. We are recording today's podcast at the Kirby Center on Capitol Hill. Hillsdale College is located in South Central Michigan, and you can learn more about the college at hillsdalecollege.edu. You can like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and hear me every week on iTunes. This is Gail Trotter, right in D.C. Thank you.